listeners uh, welcome to the 7th edition of literary gapshap pune's first podcast in english and marathi on writing literature translation and all things literary so for this 7th edition we have very special guest leela gaur broom i hope that's how you pronounce yes, your name it's correct that's it and we are at her beautiful uh, farm stay or farm house farm i should house. house i should stay in maurunji so leela thank you for uh, you know giving us this precious time thank you for inviting me your case as far as i know your first book you wrote in 2004 i uh, uh, no it was actually 2010 2010 yeah so but okay. before that i've been actually writing on and off uh, since 2002 Okay. And uh, the the urge to write has been with me since I was sixteen. Actually, I won uh, awards for my essays and short stories and things which I used to write when I was in Delhi as a child. Okay. But uh, I never actually. And the dream was always to write a book, but I never got that far. Okay. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, you know your life in the sense your early childhood life like uh-huh. how it was? I was an army kid. Okay. Fauji so brat. Fauji brat. Really a brat, one of four girls. Okay. No boys, so my father brought us up very tough, okay. as boys, just like boys, and we we had no qualms about doing everything together: swimming, climbing trees, mm-hmm. f- uh, fighting our own battles in the pool, out of the pool, wherever we were like four demons. If people came across us, we had no qualms about. even using gali's if it came okay it. yeah army language was sometimes in those days it was like horrific to hear uh-huh. but uh, uh, it certainly won us a lot of battles okay yeah yeah and in that sense your father and mother what did they do uh, well my mother never worked after she got married she was a resistance worker she was from holland so she was a resistance worker during the war days okay. as a nurse and um, um she had a pretty tough life yeah maharashtra mother so then maharashtra father and dutch mother dutch mother okay so then in those days yeah. to have a mixed marriage uh, yeah. as a parents yeah. you know how did that like affect or influence you considering that in those days it's not like today it wasn't that common it was not at all common but uh, i never had any like boulders on my shoulders about it I, in fact, I took it as as a, a feather in my cap because I already had some of the foreign education. You can say from the way I was brought up in my early childhood, also right up to the time I got married. In fact, with Western ideas, uh, but with very Hindu Maharashtrian background. Okay. With my father was very very conservative Maharashtrian, okay. so he provided the Indian background, mm. and my mother provided the Western, okay. and it worked very well for us. Very okay. well. There was there was no sense of any kind of cultural clash or something. Never, not for me. Okay. Uh, for my uh, couple of siblings, it was like that, but they were much younger, so and they perhaps were more sensitive. But not in my case. Mm-hmm. I I in fact I took it as a, a great feather in my cap. Like it was just wonderful to have this mixed blood, mm-hmm. and uh, it it never caused any problems for me ever, ever. Okay. Now, okay. now uh, coming to writing. Uh, could you tell us about uh, a little bit about uh, how you really got started uh, as a writer like you said that when you were young you yeah. like to write so how yeah. did it all sort of start i think it started with uh, us all being uh, encouraged to read a lot you know right from the time we were very young books were always in the house to be read to us and then we were encouraged to read ourselves then um, 
Uh, pretty soon I was I was in a very imaginative kid. I used to get up long before my sisters did. I would be up by 5.36, in true Brahmin style, <laughs> I suppose, get up early in the morning and that was the time I had to myself, without the sisters being there, without my parents telling me, do this, do that. I was the eldest. So, you know, the, all those responsibilities came into the picture. But because I had that time to myself, that was the time I could really let my imagination wild. And that's when I took to writing. First reading, then writing. Then in school, by the time I was 12, 13, my English teachers were always, I was one of the brightest there with the English language. And uh, they would always say, encourage me, you know, read this, do this. And but by the time I was in my 11th standard, at that time we had 11 mm. classes of school before you went to senior, you know, to college. At that time, um, the last teacher I had was uh, Mrs. Richards and she was extremely good. She read Shakespeare and lots and lots of books and she encouraged me. She said, go ahead and read and do this and do that. I took part in essays by that time and she encouraged me to uh, enter for an essay competition which was in Delhi. And that's when I realized I actually had returned to Pune and bought this land. Oh, oh if I turn to writing. Uh, you, your first book, I think, was uh, The Flute in the Forest. Yes. In 2016, last year, Penguin published my second book. Okay. What so is it called? that's called Red Kite Adventure. Red Kite Adventure. Yeah. The first one was for uh, children of, uh, well, you call them young adults in publishing jargon. It's YA, young yeah. adults. And uh, the second book is more for 10-year-olds, 10 plus. But uh, kids of eight, my grandson of eight has read it and he was giggling and laughing away in the bedroom reading on his own, enjoying it thoroughly. So it is possible for younger children also to read, I mean good readers. To and, yes. and the unglamorous 90%. Ah, so yes. what would your sort of, uh, sort of frank advice be for writers who see the kind of success that you've had and you know, some, some part of it they want to have to okay. I'll say yes, the, the glamorous part is the actual writing which is literally 10%. After that comes the hard work, actual hard work comes after that. Finding a publisher, uh, first of all editing your book. Your book should never, never, this is my advice. You may think that you've got a fabulous book and it's beautifully written. Mm. Even if your friends will tell you, yeah it's a really good book, but don't go with that. Go with somebody who's completely independent who will read your book through and give you objective, very objective, uh, non-personal advice on every aspect of the book. The story, the makeup of it, the grammar behind it, mm. the thoughts behind it, every the single... kind of language used. Every single bit. It's very important that that is very clear to the reader per se. And you've edited it, then you've given it to this editor give it to somebody else after that who is again objective and can look at it without being you personally involved in the story. After that you are in the meanwhile looking through for publishers. Publishing is a very tough business. Um, getting your book published is an uphill task because every publisher has their own set of uh, wants and requirements and you have to do that spade work they're not going to tell you. Supposing you want to write for YA, young adults, it's no use sending your book to someone who is publishing, like Tulika, who publish only for very young children. Okay. Um, it might work, if you persuade them enough, it might work, Maybe. but uh, why do you want to go through all that whole hassle of trying to do all that? Go directly to the people who are 
looking out for young adult books if that's what you wanted to write so you should know your publishing houses very well your market your target group what's your target group if you are writing for young adults it should be focused on young adults you cannot suddenly go down to the child of 10 year old level or write for people who are adults and think that they will be interested in this book as well your target group is young adults write for them only specifically that's very important okay. so these edit, are the questions your manuscript thoroughly yeah. know whom you are writing for yeah and uh, third thing is you said do the speed work yeah the speed work has to be from you and very very thorough very you have to be very hard on yourself uh, before you can give it out to anybody to read uh, then after that you've done your speed work of finding out all these publishers then you start sending off uh, inquiry letters to all of them and once you've done that then you can hope that they will say yes please uh, send me three chapters or send me the book yes i'll take the book then they will ask you they'll tell you three months down the line we'll give you an answer <laughs> after your marriage you lived in the plantations yes and there's something very fascinating to me because so many writers come from big cities yeah you know you, you lived on plantations yes. so can you tell us a little bit about that after marriage like how did it, like how did you meet your husband i mean how uh, that okay happen? that was a very arranged marriage okay very 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 traditional Uh, I was an extremely shy woman, okay. young girl. I'll say, mm-hmm. extremely Seems shy. Seems hard to believe now. <laughs> yeah, and very, very hard to believe now. But you know, that's what happens very often when you have. Actually, like to to stay in a plantation. You know? What is like um, the war? Like what? How is it like? It's like um, if you like nature, then it's an ideal place to live. Where was where was the plantation? South India, on in the Nilgiris, in okay. the Anamalays. in a, a place called highwayvis okay. uh, which is a completely remote spot nobody's heard of it it's in a separate range from kodikanal okay. and we spent 6 years both my children were born there and what better education could they have had for the first 5 years honestly better than any any classroom right from the first few insects that we taught taught the children about to the tadpoles and the frogs and the birds and animals and the wildlife it was unbelievable and it's free <laughs> it was okay. free for us yeah. you know uh, so that that is one thing that i could manage to get across in that first book a little bit the flute Just, in the forest as the flute in the forest it's very much a part of that story this girl walks in the forest yeah. and she feels free and come and uh, maybe hapa calling they were thinking of mm-hmm. ya and all that so i wrote to them and they said yes Okay. They jumped at it. So it was only actually it probably was only third or fourth rejection, and then I got this one. Three okay. rejections, and then Harper Collins okay. came to the picture. But the time, a lot of time passed. I a lot of, I think nearly nine months, ten months. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Then uh, they accepted it. They sent me the initial uh, draft of the contract on uh, email, and I said yes. Okay, it's fine. So I said send me. Then they said we'll send you the the. proper draft mm. the proper contract and it never came it never came oh. we went on holiday it still hadn't come and then i got really that's the one thing was going on so i phoned up this editor okay. she had given me her number and name so i phoned her up and she told me oh my god i you know i'm feeling very very sorry but you know the thing is that they've had a change of thought and they oh don't want god. it now so can you imagine this is heartbreaking that really was it's heartbreaking And I mean, it's like a baby almost. It was. Your book is almost like a like a child. Yeah. You know? yeah. I couldn't. I just. I was so shattered. So I said, you know, and it was just because they had changed their uh, thing. They didn't yeah. want to have YA publish uh, printing anymore. 
they were going back to other books, not YA. Y is a very very special, special niche. Special niche. It's a small niche. Very very small niche. And why I have no idea because they're filling up the whole bookshelves with crap. Yeah, and that that's too, okay. that too foreign. And that a lot foreign. of foreign. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's my big grouse actually. I want to talk about that also if I can. But anyway, so then a whole year passed. Oh my God. Yeah, trying, trying, and I just couldn't get anywhere. Then I had a friend who runs Twist and Tales. She used to run Twist and Tales, Janaki Vishwanath. Janaki Vishwanath. Uh, she had a bookstore and she said, you know, I know an editor in Delhi and I think she's working for Penguin. Why don't you call her, call her contact her? I said, but I don't know her from Adam. How can I do something? She mm. said, okay, I'll call her. So in front of me, she called her. And this guy, girl, the Jaya, what, what's her name, said, send it to me. Just like that. So I sent it and I forgot all about it. I thought, well, she's also going to say no. Barely two months later, she rings me up and she says, Penguin says, yes, they want it. Okay. So that's how it's like. Okay. Once I got that first one into, uh, into mm -hmm. print, then it was easier because then people were willing to listen. You know, that's, that's the tough one. The first hurdle is the toughest. The toughest one, right? Yeah. And uh, in terms of uh, like uh, print, like yeah. how many copies were you able to sell? I, I think 2,000 of those went. They wanted 2,000 to be and printed. Okay. It's, that seems to be going or gone or what, I'm not sure. Okay. But that's happened. And for the second one, they printed 4,000. Okay. And the second one is the Red Kite Adventure. Yeah. yeah. Right. What is that about you, just like if you could tell us uh, that's, that's a story about two boys of 12 years of age who are read over the books that have been printed, published. And I cannot believe that it's me that's written it. I think I was... You know, it's like uh, fired up with something which I had to get out of my system. Even the second book, I find that, but not as much. Okay. Because it's not so much about nature. The first book is very much about nature. Nature, so nature has played a very yeah. big role yes. in your life. It has. It has. And with the third book, the same thing. I find that nature has played a very big role in it. And it's played it in this book too. Through writing books. Like number of Indians who write for foreign publications can be counted on the fingers of two yeah. hands. I mean, yeah. there's very few. Yeah. How, how do you see this? On the one hand, everywhere you go, people seem to know English more and more. People know Facebook, people read. But the English book um, sales yeah. as an author, I mean, they, I mean, the authors don't manage to make a living through books. So how do yeah. you see that? I It's very disappointing and very disheartening, to tell you the truth. Everywhere I go, every meeting I have, I mention this very clearly and very openly, that it's it's a pathetic thing that people like Rowling and Roald Dahl and all these people are being constantly pushed into the Indian market because of what? Why are our Indian writers not getting enough encouragement? And we are writing about Indian stories. Don't we want to hear Indian stories? Are we trying to forget our own culture? Are we trying to forget everything? What? What's going on? Mm. Well, it's, 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 I had to, in fact, ask you this because the serious one is in the last uh, many years um, in India, all over India, you know, we are seeing a trend of increasing self-censorship. Authors not choosing not to write about certain things because it offends people, uh -huh. as well as you know people getting offended too quickly. Uh -huh. You know, be it something online, offline. It's not, it, I mean, I'm not saying it's a new phenomenon. It's been going on for many years. Mm -hmm. So increasingly, authors are, you know, not sure in the emergency. There was government pressure, yeah. but these days, if you write something, you can't say who will object to it and who will. As an author, how do you see this thing, this increasing intolerance? You know? 
ஒருத்தங்க and uh, they've accepted me the way i am i accept them the way they are okay. um as for writing in mm. my books that i write the second book that i've written is about a muslim kid and a hindu kid okay. those are the two children i have specifically said how the muslim kid's background is and his religion and how much of a part it plays in his life the indian the hindu boy i've not said anything about it because we all know most of us know the hindu background for most of these kids but i wanted it to come out as a story of tolerance and friendship between these two children because the background is not important it's what you are mm. that's what i was mm. wanted to portray so those are the little little messages i'll give I'll, it is I'll very try. important i guess as a children's writer to yeah. not be preachy yeah i cannot be preachy no so i have to make it in this fun sort of a way but at oh. the same time hopefully make a child sit up and say Yeah, actually. Yes, you know. Mm. As a children's writer, that is a big challenge. Yeah. How do you communicate something is worthwhile but not too much? Yeah, we cannot do that. Right. Yeah. Okay, earlier you have given us almost one hour. So thank you so much for this yeah. valuable time. Yeah, And you spoke um, very... F- I love how you spoke from the heart <laughs> on so many issues. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you. For your uh, books, for this book. And... The other surprise announcement I wanted to make is that once we get to 10 or 12, you're the seventh person, mm-hmm. I plan to organize a small round table okay. on freedom of expression mm-hmm. okay. uh, in Pune itself, you know, where I'll be inviting creative people. Mm-hmm. And because I think in the last many years, we have seen a kind of a, a, a debate around freedom of expression. Even there was a Charlie Hebdo incident in France. Mm-hmm. And there have been Salman Rushdie, of course, yeah. I don't need to tell yeah, you. Yeah. So there has been a, a debate about how far can you push so that will happen later okay. so i would take this opportunity to invite you to that also thank you thank you, so, thank you so much thank you been an experience for me also.